literally within five days, like I made nearly $900 in sales. At Founder, we're on a mission to democratize entrepreneurial education and on our way to building one of the largest online schools in the world for entrepreneurs. We interview some of the greatest founders of our generation to find out how they did it so you can too. However, in this series, we're doing things a little differently. We're working with our own students in our community who are deep within the process of building our own successful business. These are the founders of tomorrow who've stood where you are and are on the way to building the business of their dreams. Now, before we jump in, our lawyers have told us to tell you this. Of course, we can't guarantee you'll have the results like some of our stories are about to share in this show. And as you know, with any business, it's a lot of hard work in addition to completing any online course. And with that said, welcome to From Zero to Founder. Hey guys, Molly here. I'm the community manager for Founder Magazine and welcome back to the series From Zero to Founder. Today I'm sitting down with Peter Beaumont who runs and operates New York Gym Tao Co. And she's managed to pre-launch her business and make $900 in her first five days. She's got amazing insights and I'm really excited to speak to her. So let's jump straight in. Hi Peter, welcome. Thank you so much for joining me. Why not start by introducing yourself? Fantastic. Thank you so much for the invitation. Um, my name is Peter Beaumont and I am based in Melbourne and my company is NY Gym Tal Co. Amazing. And what were you doing prior to even thinking of starting a company? What, what's been your background? I am a fitness instructor and uh, I, I, well, I've been a fitness instructor for around, well, maybe close to 15 years. And um, I've got an IT background as well prior to that. Um, most recently, I have been, uh, as a fitness instructor, I've also been running a network marketing business in the personal development space. So um, I've got a little bit of network marketing background uh, and um, what it takes to run a business from, I guess, a, a mindset perspective. Um, and um, yeah, perseverance, patience, all of that kind of stuff. Definitely. Because it, it, 100% does take all of those things you just mentioned there and a lot more, as I'm sure you've probably figured out. <laughs> so with your sure. background in the fitness world, is this kind of what led you to create your NY Gym Tao Co business? Was COVID the real shift that kind of made you think, okay, I'm going to have to try and change it up here a bit? Yeah, absolutely. So I... Um, I had a bit of a pivot in my career um, early this year and um, with that I, um, I also did a network marketing business which was, um, it was cleaning products but it was cleaning products that had um, like just using water and a microfiber cloth. So the microfiber cloths had silver in them to be that antibacterial um, property in the actual cloth. So I had literally started that in April of this year. And then I, I knew that there was a cloth that you had with antibacterial properties in it. And I'm like, well, why aren't they doing gym towels? Like that just makes perfect sense. So I actually went to the CEO of the company and I said, why aren't you doing gym towels? And so I said, I, I could sell hundreds of these. 
And he said, oh, look, it's going to take a couple of years to get something like that into production and we've got to go through R&D. And then I thought, oh, well, I'm actually only going to be making like 32% profit. And if this is my idea, why don't I do it myself? So literally two months later, it was, it was literally an idea that came to me within an hour. Like I'd had a conversation with my husband and I walked away from that conversation and literally an hour later, I'm online researching how I could find manufacturers, what it takes to be a, an e-commerce business owner, what I need to do, searching business names, um, trademarks, all of that kind of stuff. And literally within an hour, I must have just been in that receiving mode. <laughs> and uh, I had created this concept and I'm like, this is what I'm doing. And it really just snowballed from there really quickly. But as I said, I, was, I think I must have been in that receiving mode, um, ready for the right opportunity to just fall in my lap. So, yeah, here I am today. And that was, that was the end of May, start of June. So what's that, three months ago, four months ago? It's definitely quite the quick turnaround, especially if someone said to you, it's going to take three years and you said, mm, I could kind of do better than this, which I think is such an encouragement and such inspiration for anyone listening as well. Because if you have an idea and you're confident with it, just put in a little bit of research and see how you go, which is exactly what you've done. And as you said, now look where you are, you have a business and you know, you've just launched and we'll talk about more of that further in our conversation. But to, to go back a little bit, you said you were doing lots of research and things like that. What was kind of your systematic approach? Did you first start with, okay, is it even possible to use antibacterial on your face with these cloths or is it more of a cleaning type cloth or what, what was that process like for you? No, because I knew that there was another company out there that had produced a workout towel. Uh, they didn't have silver in their um, silver properties in their fabric. But I also, but I knew through the cleaning company that they had face washes and um, yeah, body towels and all of that, and it was just a no-brainer. I'm like, well, yeah, I think I, I, I didn't even think about it. I just like I knew, I, I knew, I just believed in my own ability that there was a market for this, and um, I just wanted to just go for it. There was nothing stopping me. I just had this determination and belief in my own ability that I could um, produce something that was really timely uh, and that people would buy. And, um, I, yeah, I just backed myself. Which I love and I think everyone should have that little bit of gusto in them as well, which is great to hear. And you mentioned yeah. how you kind of sitting down and picking your name. What kind of led you to the name that you picked seeing as though you are based in Australia, having NY that normally stands for New York. What was that mm -hmm. kind of process like for you? Yeah, so that was just something that, look, I have actually never been to New York and I have this amazing big um, picture of the Chrysler building in my living room and I have loved everything New York for, for as long as I can remember. And uh, I knew that I wanted an urban brand in the sense of not thinking insular. So from an Australian point of view, and my husband said to me, he's like, well, why won't you just do something that's real Australian based that, you know, people love everything Australian. And I've gone, I'm thinking bigger than that. 
and you think about brands and um, logos, you think about what stands out and what people buy and you always see people walking around with like a New York Yankees cap or an LA Lakers cap. You know, you always see that branding out there. So I knew that people were attracted to those urban brands, whether they followed the, you know, the company or not, they were attracted to an urban brand. So the logo was just a no brainer for me because it was, the Art Deco um, image, the spire of the Chrysler building. And, uh, yeah, I, I literally just thought of the brand name, a couple of different variations of the brand name. So, yeah, I researched. I looked for, to, for a couple of different options, whether it was New York, whether I wanted it um, to have New York in it or whether that was too long, whether it wasn't balanced. So... I thought about all of those things when I created the name and, um, but yeah, it was just basically that I have this, um, infinity and love for everything New York, uh, and having that urban brand meant that it was a global, globally recognized product as opposed to just being insular and thinking small within Australia. Cause I knew I wanted global reach. And I think that's great also because, as you mentioned, scalability and things like that, not keeping it so particular to the Australian market because it is very niche here and it is kind of harder sometimes for those companies that are born and bred Australian or have that sort of um, real Australian essence to, to branch out and think bigger. So I think, like, it's great that you've done something so aspirational to something that where you want to go as well because imagine if one day you do travel to New York with this massive business and it's kind of like a, a pinch me moment for you which I think is really really great as well and mm-hmm. after you picking the name did you then jump and think okay I have to to go into social media and try and find a presence there or have to find a manufacturer what was the next steps after you kind of solidified your name and you knew yep this is what I'm going to do I just got onto YouTube and just resource orientated and figured out a way how I could source the products. And um, my first port of call was Alibaba. So I just jumped onto Alibaba and researched antibacterial sweat towels, gym towels, that type of thing. And I only came up with a couple uh, of manufacturers and it was really interesting to to pick out some of the um, the knowledge that I got from the course because I started that shortly after this process had already happened. So I was already a few weeks into the business and when you are, um, for lack of a better term, you know, immature when it comes to sourcing manufacturers, um, you, you traditionally will find that you jump on the first one or two that you see and you're so excited that you just jump in feet first and have faith and trust in that the manufacturer is going to produce your samples and, and send them to you and ship them to you in a timely manner. And, and I went through that uh, experience and it cost me, wasn't the money side of it, but it was actually time more than anything. So it cost me about six weeks in loss of momentum in my business because I did choose a manufacturer that didn't end up producing my samples. I had paid them 
And fortunately, I did have the backing of Alibaba. I was able to go back and apply for a refund. But that time is more valuable to me um, as I stand today in my business um, because it led me to sourcing another manufacturer. And at that point of time, I just started the Start and Scale course and learnt uh, through that the, um, the importance of having more than one manufacturer. So it was one big thing that I did learn from the course is taking that on board and how I can adapt that moving forward. So I've got two manufacturers on board at the moment uh, that I work with and, um, and splitting my business across both of those because I'm, I'm now scaling into a second product into my brand, into the Gintel brand. And um, so knowing not to put all of my eggs into the one basket is um, a valuable lesson that I learned very early and also through the course that that backed it up. So, um, yeah, so you can tend to make errors along the way and you are going to make errors. There's no doubt about it. I mean, business is never a smooth, easy run. It's a marathon. And, um, but, yeah, so... It, yeah, it's, it's about having that emotional state and knowing that you're still on the right path and that's all part of the learning curve. So, um, yeah, so I did a lot of that research through, um, through YouTube and I guess that's where I came across the Start and Scale course from doing that research and, um, and then, yeah, in the social media side of things, I found the, the course in the social media um, feed and, um, yeah, jumped straight in. So. Thank you so much for sharing that advice as well because it is such great advice, you know. Sometimes it can be hard when there's just projected amazing wins and that keep constant climbing where sometimes it's not the reality and, and sometimes, you know, it is and that's great. But I think it's really interesting talking to students like yourself because there are so many valuable lessons that you will provide to anyone listening, which is just really great. But I'd also love to know how you navigate your relationships with manufacturers because, as you mentioned, it can be hard. You might find a manufacturer that you might need to let go or you might have more than one manufacturer how do you juggle those relationships and really trying to perfect your product with someone that might not be in your immediate contact or the same country as you yeah so I guess you have a gut feeling it's really tapping into that gut feeling but having a clear picture of exactly what your product and your brand stands for and so I'm looking for quality, but I'm also looking for someone who has reliability and can communicate to me. So communicate to me if there are going to be some holdups along the way that are going to prevent it from hitting my timeline. So being open and honest and saying, hey, look, I want to be able to have this as fast as I possibly can within this time frame, but also... Um, understanding and this is another thing that I've learned along the way is that asking those questions from day one uh, before you solidify that relationship and put the money on the line it's really having those questions up front which I've learned <laughs> is are there likely to be any hold-ups in the production process do you have any holidays coming up because China is very different um, to Australian way of life and uh, at the moment, they're going through a lot of challenges when it comes to their electricity supply gets cut a lot now. Since September, 
um, they have a lot of their electricity supplies cut. So the manufacturers can't produce in the same timeline. And then they go on holidays for a week that you're not aware of. So really asking the questions before you put money on the line with a, a manufacturer, uh, are they going to be able to produce your product within a specific timeline that's going to be you know, right for you and your business? Um, because I'm sitting here now and I'm still waiting for my stock that should have taken 15 to 20 days to manufacture and I paid for the fastest possible freight that I possibly can. But um, 40 days of production time due to not being communicated to when it comes to taking time off for holidays are not being communicated to that their electricity supply gets cut. So manufacturing time can be pushed out. So um, it's factoring in those, those things. And especially at the moment where we've got delays with like FedEx going on strike, that type of thing. So you have to factor that in, um, but making sure that you're asking those questions upfront um, because yeah, I'm sitting here and 40 days later, I'm still waiting for my stock and it's just becoming really frustrating because now I'm pushing the boundaries of my time into Christmas. And so now I have to really have, um, be on the front foot for my next product launch to make sure that I've got to get that in time, um, and into production as soon as possible. So um, yeah, definitely having that open conversation um, and being upfront, having some really good questions that you want to ask your um, manufacturer, uh, but also understanding that you're building a relationship with them and let them know that you want to build a long-term business relationship and what you're looking for. Um, I'm looking for someone who is reliable, who can communicate upfront to me and honestly um, and you will have my business. So, um, and I'm grateful for that. Like, let them know that you're grateful for their service and don't just come down on them hard because they're going through challenges as well. Their backs are up against the wall too. So for me, it's really important that you um, appreciate their service. And I tell them that every message that I send back and forwards, it's like, I really appreciate your service because I understand that it's difficult for this, you know, um, so yeah, I try not to, you know, pay them off <laughs> as well. I think that's such a great answer because it is so true and relationships are very tricky no matter what they are, but especially with something that, you know, you're relying on, it can feel like a pressure cooker sometimes and just to kind of rethink and take a breath and, and really reevaluate the relationship that you might've communicated at the start as well. So that's really great advice. Thank you so much, Peter. Um, and touching upon some of the points you just mentioned then, and I really want to talk about, you know, where you see yourself in the future, especially you've touched a few times on that second product, but with the, the towels that you've bought out at the moment, you do have a few really cool, fun ideas and designs on your towels. Walk me through the process of how you actually decided to launch with those designs that you did, because they're quite colorful, they're quirky, they're very gender neutral as well. Talk to me a little bit about that. So um, being an urban brand, I really wanted something that had a story behind it as well. So, yeah, you've definitely got to have um, gender-neutral branding and, and designs, but it's not always about what I like as well. So, I, I mean, I have a great relationship with a lot of my students that are um, participants in my spin classes that I teach. So... Um, I was able to go back and forwards to them and go, 
would you buy this design? What do you like about it? You know, what are your favourite ones? Getting some feedback and some validation from from um, people who are coming to the gym class and that they're my customers and they're my followers. So, uh, yeah, so I would get some validation from them. But really it comes down to the whole concept. Uh, so I knew I wanted a, a vision of a concept uh, and the concept is that each design uh, has its title from a borough, for example, or a suburb uh, of New York City or a, a feature, uh, something famous in New York City. So everything has that um, concept, that New York concept about it. And people can relate to that. Like I was having a coffee with a lady and I showed her my Soho design and she's like, oh, my God, I went to Soho. I loved it. Oh, oh I love this design. I'm going to get that. So it takes people back to times where they might have travelled to those destinations. And I go, oh, my gosh, oh, wow, you know, I can see that in the design. So we have our Wall Street design, which is like a leopard print. So it's, um, you know, we try to have a, like, the title, but how does it represent to the concept and how it's represented in the con concept. And so like I have this flat iron design, which is these triangular shaped um, shapes and it's got like gold on the end of each of the designs. It's got some different color blues and some blacks in there. And, and so I call that the flat iron. And, and also it's about educating people about New York as well. So each of the tales tells a story as to where the inspiration came from and why I've included it in, in the range. And uh, so what I'm now doing is uh, through my subscriber list I'm, and through my um, socials is a, a feature tale of the week. So it tells a story about the tale also educating people about New York and, and yeah, so it's kind of the whole concept. So, and yeah, it's really exciting to go and find all of these quirky things about New York and how you can introduce that into a towel and, and how that, um, yeah, comes across in, it's just a piece of fabric, but you know, it has an inspiration behind it. Yeah, and connectivity is great with audience and brands and, and everything like that. Was this something that you always thought from the start, having this personality almost shine through as a New Yorker or a, a type of American showing through your brand? Was that always the kind of idea? No, not really. I guess it was just, um, I don't know, I just picked out some designs and I'm like, oh, I love that and, oh, you know, we could call that this or I could call it that or you know, it's, yeah, no, not really. It wasn't anything to do with, like, I guess the people of New York, but it was really, or, you know, from the US, it was just really building that urban brand. And I just thought that that is something really cool from a global reach perspective. So... Hey there, Nathan Chan here, CEO and publisher of Founder Magazine. If you're enjoying From Zero to Founder and you want to learn from some of the greatest entrepreneurs of our generation, then I highly recommend you also subscribe and check out the Founder Podcast. We talk to some of the most successful people on the planet to discover how they're building their businesses. So you can take a front row seat as we go deep and we learn from some of the founders of brands like Netflix, Dropbox, Reebok, and so many more, and how they built these companies. 
You can find the Founder Magazine podcast with Nathan Chan on all podcast platforms. Make sure you subscribe. All right, now let's get back into the show. Now let's talk about your website because it is something that, you know, has a really cool vibe to it. As you said, it's an urban brand. You've got the blacks, you've got the gold, the white. It's really, really kind of cool to, to explore. And you mentioned also that you had a bit of IT background um, in your past life. Did you create your website? Did you get any help? What was the process creating that, bringing that to life? Yeah, I actually did the 100% the whole thing myself. <laughs> Amazing. And it's taken a lot of time. <laughs> I can only imagine it. Like you have so many designs in your towels and I can see that your product shots are just so raw and, and I really like that as well. Are you thinking of like, is there a time where you kind of want to update your website? Do you have any plans for that? What's the look going to look like in the future? Tell me a little bit more yeah, about that. So actually you've touched on a, just a, a, the exact moment in time because like literally in the last week I've I've already branched out to having the two websites now. So I initially started with a .com because I wanted that global reach and I had two different types, like because there are certain limitations that you have when you're building a, a website and one of the limitations that I found that I had was that I couldn't have two different currencies on the website. So I, I'm like, well, how do I tap into consumer confidence in the U S market and also have consumer confidence, you know, in the Australia and New Zealand space. And through the analytics, I realized where a lot of my Australian traffic was coming from New Zealand. So those analytics are really, really important for you to get across where your traffic's coming from. And so I'm like, well, I knew I had a lot of traffic from the US, but most of it was Australia and New Zealand. And I'm like, well, I've got the .com as my main, like everything I've done is .com in my advertising. So, but I, I want to have that consumer confidence across from a global perspective. So I knew that I had to actually expand out from just having one website. So literally in the last week, I've actually been building the second website, transferring across everything to the .com and then setting up a .com.au as well, but also how that I can drive traffic between both of those from a default perspective. So um, that has been technically challenging for me but it's a matter of just being open to finding the solutions researching them and um and just going all right well I'll figure out a way you know I've got this far I should be able to figure this out so I'm literally in the process of finalizing the two websites and logistically it's a little bit um, challenging because I'm going to have to be across both from an administration perspective, but also from a stock taking perspective, how that I do that across the two. Um, but we'll figure that out as we, you know, as I come along, you know, I'll figure it out as I go. Um, but um, which is pretty cool because when you start realizing where your traffic's coming from, you can actually target your advertising what it takes to to um, market to them, um, whether it be shipping, how you work that out. Um, and, yeah, I mean, I guess it's a pretty cool place to be now that I consider the fact that 
I, I never ever thought of being in the towel business. I never like, who would have thought of that? <laughs> you know, like six months ago, someone had said, you're going to be, you know, this e-commerce business owner, you know, of, you know, two, two global websites and selling towels. I'm like, oh, <laughs> that's crazy. <laughs> but it was just like, I had this moment where it was like a, almost like a pinch me moment where I'm like, I've got like two stores. Oh my gosh, that is pretty cool. <laughs> so yeah, it was, um, it's really rewarding when you do the work yourself and you've followed every bit of it through um, to, to be coming out the other end and go, wow, I did that. You know, I'd stayed up until like 10, 11 o'clock at night or I woke up at four o'clock in the morning with this amazing idea that I just had to get out of bed for. So um, you're living it, you're breathing it, you're sleeping. You just, it's just, yeah, I'm fully immersed in it. Which I think is absolutely incredible. And as you said from the start, you've got to back yourself, which you've 110% done. And you should be very, very proud because as you said, looking back on your life six months ago, who would have thought you're here speaking to me now and, and having such success. So it's really, really exciting. And I, you've touched upon a few points that I'd love to, to speak about. And the first one was kind of how you've grown your email list and your socials. Was this done through website traffic and getting your email list built up through a password protection? Or what were some of the tactics you used to build your list as well as your social media following? So, I mean, it's a slow, it's a slow grind. It definitely is a marathon and you're not going to end up with you know, 100,000 people overnight. It's going to take time and it's still very little. Like it's, I'm still growing, but um, I'm not going to let looking at the, the numbers of oh, only having 20 or 30 or 40 people on my subscriber list as being, oh, I only have this many people. Maybe I shouldn't launch right now. Maybe I need to build that. And you just have to research. You have to um, build your knowledge. If it's something that you don't know how to do, whether it be building your Instagram followers, um, getting influencers, all of that kind of thing. If you don't know, you've got to learn that skill and that's all part of business. So it's not going to happen overnight, but you can certainly fast track it uh, if you learn from the right people. And one of the, the, like the big things that I have learned through this course is all of the extra video content that like Nathan does all of these extra videos on building your Instagram followers, how to build, you know, kick-ass Facebook um, marketing campaigns. Yeah. I've got some marketing background from a Facebook perspective, but when it comes to building those huge lists of Instagram followers and subscribers, I don't have any experience, but I'm going to learn from the people that are doing it. And so yeah, so the extra content that I'm getting out of the course has definitely assisted me in just tweaking some things from a social media perspective and really being on the ball with it. And you actually start to recognise the companies that are not doing that. And you're like, wow, you know, they haven't posted something on social media, you know, for six weeks now. But you, know, you can't rest on your laurels. You have to grow. You have to continue to be on this day by day, you have to follow it through every day. You've got to be building it and growing it and, and being open to finding ways that you can um, 
not be so insular with your marketing and with your thinking. Um, like literally came up with an idea yesterday. I was, <laughs> um, for all of those budding people out there that are looking for an idea or a business idea, I was in the shower yesterday and I'm like, oh, you know, seriously, someone needs to make a whiteboard that is waterproof because you always have the best ideas when you're in the shower so that you can write it down. And um, so there's an idea out there for someone who wants to have a new brand. Um, but um, I was li literally getting into the shower and I, I watched a, a, um, a YouTube video of someone who is building influencers, building um, you know, that is social media marketing. And it was literally just a, a couple of minutes of a video that I had seen. And, and I'm walking into the shower and I'm like, how can I build my brand to be, you know, really that famous and, and, and that big. And, you know, I just asked the question, I just put it out there to the universe. I got in the shower and I'm like, oh, oh that's it. So I've come back into my office. I've literally raced out of the shower and I've written it on my whiteboard. I've got a whiteboard here of all of my objectives, daily objectives, monthly objectives, weekly objectives, and, you know, lists of importance. And, and so I'm like, quick, I've got to scribble that down before I forget it. So, um, yeah, it's just being in the receiving mode. It's asking for, you know, like the ideas and, and all of that to come my way. But, you know, I was in the receiving mode because I was actually watching something on how someone in the business is doing it. Um, so it's really about learning from the people that are doing it um, and being open to, to receive the answer to your problem. So. Such a great story. And I love your emphasis on learning and educating yourself because it is something there's so much free content out there, especially not even what just found to produce, but there is so much free content out there that it's fair game for anyone. And I think if you're out there continuously learning like yourself, then you can make things happen, which you're just proof of that as well. So from here, after you kind of had your website ready, you knew exactly what your designs were going to be, had them uploaded. What was next to getting your, your launch to actually happen? Well, I knew I had everything, all of the other stuff in place and I was just waiting for stock. And uh, someone had said to me, oh, well, why don't you do a pre-launch? And I'm like, oh, oh, I don't know. And this particular person was the CEO of, of a, a big multinational company and they would do pre-launches for things like their Apple products. And, and he's like, well, you know, people actually will pay money if they're the first ones to, to, you know, not having to wait in line and said, you know, people will pay money to, to be the first one on the block that's got that new thing. And, and I knew that from my research and, and what I um, had learned is the, the fact that if you've got like a brand that people want and if you've got people queuing up, like, we know when the, the new iPhone comes out that there are people that are queuing up at four o'clock in the morning to be that first person to get that iPhone. And it's like, oh, for the average person, like, oh, I'm happy to wait a couple of months. I don't care. But for them to have the very first iPhone that comes out, the next model, that's really big and important to them. And there are people out there that will do that. So... I'm like, oh, I don't know. It's just a gym towel. And, and I'm like, oh, I don't know. 
it's not something that I would do, but I'm not everybody. So if people are willing to do that, maybe I could do it. And then I jumped onto the, um, the Facebook group um, for the Start and Scale group and I'm like seeing that people are actually doing these pre-sales and pre-launches and, and they're having this massive success with it. And I'm like, oh, okay. That gave me the confidence to actually do it myself and to, to just go for it. Um, and literally within five days, like I made nearly $900 in sales. I'm like, okay. So we have to create some excitement about it, some anticipation. So I literally made the decision, I think on the Friday and then on the Saturday, I'm like posting on my socials, getting that excitement up there. Um, and, and yeah, I just went for it. <laughs> so, um, but I had the confidence because I'd seen people actually doing it and having success. So, um, so yeah, so that's, that's how I created it. It was really about, oh, you know, it not being so, so sure that it would work for me, but getting out of my own way, so to speak, and allowing and trusting in the process you've, you know, talking to myself saying, Hey, you've just spent the last three or four months building this product, building this brand. What, how long are you going to sit back and wait to, um, take your foot off the brake? You know, so, um, I didn't just spend three, six months of my life creating what I had created to just let it sit there and go, all right, now I'm ready to take, you know, my foot off. No, open it up, you know, let, let, this, let this thing go. Let it just take off, you know, let it do what it's going to do. It's like, yeah, you didn't create this for nothing. So just go for it. Just, yeah, trust yourself. Yeah, to say, hey, look, I didn't just sit back and to let this go, all right, We'll see how it goes. <laughs> it was like, let it go. <laughs> you know, the rocket's firing. Just let it go. <laughs> it's like finally opening the floodgates to the idea that you once had and now you've spent all the time and effort to actually make happen. And $900 in five days is such a great achievement. So congratulations for that because it is just testament to the great product you've done and the hard work that you've also put into. But I know you mentioned, we asked all of our guests to fill up a little survey and you had a goal of selling 25 towels per week and you got quite close to that. Do you want to share what you actually reached out of the 25 that you had as a goal? I have actually hit 25. <laughs> That's even better. That's what I love to hear. That's amazing. Congratulations. So if that's your first goal, what kind of is next for you in terms of goaling and planning and, and seeing where the future yeah, can go? Sure. So definitely like I'm planning on, on selling at least a hundred towels a week from a global perspective. Uh, and they're not just, you know, $10 towels. These are $39 towels. So, um, but yeah, so I, I really want to sell it around 100 a week that would be nice but I'm also thinking long term and it's one of the things that I learned from the course was about that brand integrity and how you build a brand that is 
a long-term brand. So not just a, a fly-by-night and not just a little thing on the side. It was about building a brand where the sky's the limit. Um, so I'm now introducing yoga mat towels into my brand. Um, so I've found that there's a, a niche market for that that is not being saturated in any way, shape or form. <laughs> so, um, so I'm already... Um, planning my second product that's just about into production now so my goal is to have that um, launched before Christmas so I can really capitalize on that Christmas space and that Christmas market um, so I'm already in the process of launching that second brand or the second um, towel and product range to my to my range but I'm also thinking also in the first quarter of um, the next year of um, introducing another towel into um, my range as well. So one of the other things that I learned, um, especially from Greta, is the fact that she's built more than one brand. And you look at people like Davy Fogarty from Audi and all of that, they don't just rest their laurels on just one product and one brand. They, you know, they branch out into other brands. And so long-term perspective I'm you know like the sky's the limit for me um if somebody you know comes along in a couple of years time and wants to offer me a multi-million dollar deal to buy my towel company off me then I'm open to that and that's what I see is is possible for e-commerce um and building the foundations of a really solid business and a solid brand and building integrity into your brand and so that's something that I'm working on from day one is that's my vision. Um, I have pretty big goals and, um, but that's possible. You know, you hear about it all the time. I mean, you look at say the native deodorant brand, you know, this is a $15 deodorant. It's not cheap. I can go and buy $5 deodorant, but that's a luxury brand when it comes to deodorants and, they only sold online. I mean, you think of them being in business for two years and then being offered like $100 million or whatever the crazy price was from Procter & Gamble to buy their business. So I know that that happens and I know that that's possible. So, yeah, I mean, why, why wouldn't I be shooting for something like that? And I definitely think it's achievable, especially because, as you mentioned, there was no one putting silver into antibacterials and I think it's such a great thing, especially now that there's much more of a concern on that thing, especially going to the gym. You want to be as protected as you can against any germs and bacteria and things like that. And also just so you know that the person before you and now you are now clean. So I think it's really great and it definitely could be something that could just scale. And I really hope that I see and catch up with you and, and see you continue to grow. But for in terms of growth and working towards wrapping up, are you focusing on influencers next? Are you thinking of doing more Facebook marketing? Are you thinking of going sure. full time? Like what's next for you in terms of that sort of growth? Yeah, so I'm already researching uh, influencers out there. Um, but the, the campaign that I came up with yesterday when I was in the shower was how I can really target more famous people um, to, to really broaden my scope. Um, because from a social media perspective, you only have a limited amount of people that you can reach in your own network. It's how you actually get outside of that. And so that's what I'm 
really focusing on now is that, um, yeah, I'm already got my eyes on a lot of people. I'm following a lot of people. So I'm already at that stage where I'm looking at building that influencer side of the business. Um, so yeah, I'm really at that stage right now. So that's where I'm at with that. Amazing. And I'm guessing that your goal is to go full-time with your company as well. Yeah. My idea of full-time is not everyone's idea of full-time though. So (laughs) I like the idea of the four hour working week and, um, and I know, (laughs) so for me, my full-time is really Less time. <laughs> two, two hours a day. So that's my idea of full-time business. So um, I don't believe in you know, slugging your guts out for 12 hours a day. Yeah, there are going to be days where you're going to be running around like a blue-ass fly getting everything done, but I just don't think it has to be a grind or a slog, you know, to do that. So, and I know that, yeah, I mean, I have a goal of only working a couple of hours a day and, still teaching my spin classes because I love it um and and they're my followers so yeah um that's my yeah two hour (laughs) working day for me is is what I see possible and that's my idea of full time (laughs) because I have other things that I want to do with my time as well so yeah and I absolutely love that and I think that's a great goal to have because everyone as you said's idea of full time is different and I think having that extra freedom is almost having that full time as well and I think if you can make that work then that's incredible and the last question that I want to ask you and you've kind of given us sprinkles throughout but if someone's listening to this and they maybe have an idea and they're not too sure maybe they've been turned down from the idea from someone that they've spoken to or shared it with what would be the advice that you'd like to give to them to kind of help them push them along and see them succeed yeah absolutely just back yourself 100% believe in your own ability um I have a, a word I've got a board up here and and my my sort of like my north star is being congruent um to myself because at the end of the day no one else can feel your level of belief uh, whether it's your husband your mum your dad kids no one else can feel that only you can feel that and so only you can make the decisions that are right for you yes you can seek counsel from other people but everyone has an opinion and some of them are like your bum. Basically they stink, right? Everyone's got an opinion. <laughs> and so for me, I, I walk my own path when it comes to those things. I have been, you know, accused of wearing my heart on my sleeve and I've decided to kind of pull back from that a little bit in the sense of sometimes you've got to keep these things to yourself Um, because you know that people are out there with negative content. They're going to knock you down or, you know, businesses fail. Have you thought of this? Have you thought of that? And it's like, no, I don't. And I had this amazing idea yesterday and my husband's asking me questions about it. And I've gone, I haven't figured that out. So don't ask me any questions because I don't have the answers to that right now. I haven't figured that out, but I've got this amazing idea and I'm going to run with it. So I'll figure that out as I, I go. But, um, but back yourself hundred percent. If you honestly believe that you've got an amazing idea, don't let anyone talk you down. How many times have you spoken to someone and they've gone, oh, I had this amazing idea. And then someone else came up with it and they're making millions of dollars from it because you just didn't have the guts to back yourself. You might've listened to someone of influence in your social circles that said, oh no, that's a really bad idea. And I'm like, 
no, if it's a really good idea for you, you just go for it and you know, do the work, do the research. You're the one putting in the work. You're the one putting in the research. You're the one with the drive, the determination, the vision, the goal, the belief. Nobody else has that. No one else has that. Um, but see cancel from people that are actually doing what you want to do and you follow their lead and you get advice from them. Um, be grateful for what you get from outside of that um, and don't make other people wrong for that. That's their opinion and that's cool. That's totally fine. I respect that, but I know where I'm going with this. So 100% back yourself, believe in your own ability. Nobody else can feel that for you. No, I think that's absolutely 100% true to to what you've been saying throughout this whole entire podcast episode. And I really want to thank you so much, Peter, for sitting down and sharing your story and sharing your journey. And I really hope that I can sit down again with you in the future and see the success of NY Gym Talco because it's just incredible. And I really think you're onto something great here. So good luck. Congratulations. And I hope I speak to you again really, really soon. Thank you so much for having me. Really, really enjoyed it. Hey guys, we hope you're loving From Zero to Founder and you're getting a ton of value from it. If you want access to the exact free training that led today's founder to where they are now, head to founder.com slash course training or follow the link in the show notes.